0: Kind of the stutter clap. It's like stuttered into that one. Guys, happy fall back Sunday, everybody. It's my favorite Sunday of the year. It really is. I mean, it's Easter and then fall back Sunday. You get an extra hour of sleep. It's amazing. Like, it just feels so great. Like, this is what I felt like. This is what I felt like when I woke up this morning. I was like, we should do this every week. I know at some point you're waking up in the middle of the day, but it's still awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, it all would work itself out, fallback Sunday. So anyways, thanks for being here today. Uh, Let's take a minute, church. Let's welcome everybody who's watching online right now. Come on, will you put your hands together? Welcome everybody who's with us online. I don't know how you overslept today, but we still love you, okay? So... um, we are uh, starting a, a brand new series today uh, called Overflow. We're going to be talking about generosity. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about the power of generosity. Next week we're going to talk about the partnership of generosity. And then week three we're going to give you a great update on our Ford campaign and what God is doing in that and what God is doing through that. And I can't wait to uh, just encourage you with all that the Lord is, is doing. It's going, to be, it's going to be a great little series that we're going to be uh, tackling right as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday and, and the uh, Christmas holiday. Now, when I say generosity, and, and as soon as I throw that out there, I know what some of you are thinking, all right? I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, oh no, we're talking about money today. I brought a guest. I know that's always a tough one, right? You're like, oh, I brought a guest today. And if you did bring a guest or this is your first time, uh, I'm sorry, but not sorry that we're talking about generosity because it's absolutely amazing. But I will tell you this. We don't talk about money a ton here, uh, but Jesus talked about money a lot. And I'm going to I'm going to venture to say I bet you talk about money a lot. I'm I'm going to venture to say that you probably talk quite a bit about finances, like especially this year, right? guys remember the gas prices of the summer? Remember that? I was in, That was crazy. You're like, I'm going to drive downtown and it's going to cost me $100. <laughs> whatever you needed, whatever you're going to do, it wasn't worth it because now all of a sudden it was too expensive. Remember those days? It's a, it's a little bit more reasonable now. Um, maybe you've talked about inflation. How many of you talked about inflation like at least once this year? Okay. How many of you have talked now this is something that I think is near and dear to all of our hearts. How many of you have talked about the price of coffee? You're like I I get it. I get it. Gas, I I I get it. You know, there's a war, all this, but coffee? Come on. Leave my coffee alone. A venti latte at Starbucks it's $250. <laughs> it's 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 gone too far. Or maybe you've talked about money when you got an email from a Nigerian prince, (laughs) who was willing to make you very, very wealthy if you would just give him your bank account. (laughs) Turns out, lots of people still fall for that one, and let me just tell you, public service announcement, do not respond to that email. Delete that email as fast as you can, can I get an amen? (laughs) Some of you are like, oh man, one day too late, Scott Uh, Cancel that bank account Uh, Money's a big motivator Money's a big motivator for us, right? It's a big part of our life And we learn this at a very young age Uh, In fact, I was playing tag with my four-year-old yesterday And um, she's a very good tag player She's very, she's very uh, persistent, this little one. She's got so much fire, so much energy in her. And so she's, she's chasing me around and I'm playing tag. And, and finally, I just, honestly, I just kind of needed a break. You ever get to that point where you're just like, I need a break? And so I, I went into the bathroom and I locked the door. Okay, I know that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not fair, but I needed a break. So I locked the door and I'm like, whew, all right, okay, this is good. All of a sudden, like a horror movie, I see the lock start turning. <laughs> I'm like, ah, no. Little thing had found a penny and, and turned the lock with a penny. My response, of course, is number one, have you been watching MacGyver lately? Because who taught you how to do that? And number two, where did you find a penny? We don't even have coins. (laughs) But she's finding, she's already learning the value of money. I think it's important that we talk about our finances in church because you talk about it a lot. When you read Jesus, he, he talked about it a lot. And in addition to that, our finances are one of the main ways God blesses our lives. It's one of the main ways that he pours blessing into our lives and blessing through our lives. And this has everything to do with this idea called overflow. Has everything to do with this idea called overflow. Now, uh, Jesus talks about this in his mission. John 10.10, one of my all-time favorite verses. Jesus is talking about what he's come to do and what he's come to bring, right? And he says this, the thief, the enemy... Satan comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Everybody say, to the full. To the full. Come on, everybody with us. You had an extra hour of sleep. Come on, say, to the, to the full. To the full. There it is. Now, that word full is the Greek word parason, and it means from, from peri or superabundant or superior by implication excessive. Literally, that's the definition of the full life that Jesus brings. It's excessive. It's super abundant. Uh, John 10.10 in the, the, the Passion Translation does a great job of teasing this idea out. Watch this. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you, everybody say it with me, overflow. overflow. Think about this for a moment. Jesus' mission is that you are so full in your life that literally you overflow. That, that literally there is so much joy, so much peace, so much resource in your life that you're not just full, you're overflowing. This is God's heart for you, and this is what the enemy wants to take from you. The enemy wants to take the ability for us to overflow, but Jesus wants to give us the ability to overflow. I know you might feel a little bit hesitant to say an amen today because it's money, but you can say an amen. It's, it's true. All right, let, let, me, let me give you an example. In Niagara Falls. How many of you have been to Niagara Falls? Anybody just raise your hand? You've been Okay, lots of you. Let's go. Um, Niagara Falls great place I went as a child and uh, I remember going it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun and uh, we have a couple of video clips actually I want to show you of Niagara Falls it's an amazing place uh, you can see we're gonna let, let you even hear a little bit of the roar this is the USA side because it's the strong side come on somebody um, so here's Niagara Falls amazing beautiful powerful God's there. There's a rainbow. You know, there's a promise. Um, there's look at all of the all of the, uh, the, the 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 life that's in around Niagara Falls. It's just flowing. Some of for all the fishermen in the place, some of the best fishing, trout fishing, in the world. Nobody gets excited about that. Okay, uh, me neither. But. Niagara Falls produces... You can, you can, uh, you can uh, cut the Niagara Falls footage. Great job. The tower's awesome, though. Love that. Um, the water falls at 32 feet per second, hitting the base of the falls with 280 tons of force. That's pretty powerful. And it produces 4 million kilowatts of electricity. Isn't that amazing? Everybody say, that's amazing. It's powerful. In fact, the... At the falls, it's 87 decibels. So the, the, the noise, at the, that's, the, that's the sound of a roar of a lion. That's the, the decibel level of a roar of a lion. It's very loud, and you can hear it. You can hear the falls from 40 miles away. So it's significant. I mean, this thing is just massive. So I want to contrast Niagara Falls with the Dead Sea, okay? Now let's take a look. Let's take a look at the Dead Sea. So, now, I'm I'm not going to lie, like, the only footage I could find of the Dead Sea is absolutely gorgeous, okay? So, it's beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. But you can see the Dead Sea is very calm. It's very still. It's nice to go sit and look. But what's interesting about the Dead Sea is that it is so full of salt content that nothing can live in it. So there is no trout, there is no walleye, there is no salmon, there is no muskie living in the Dead Sea. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea. And and, and the reason I want to show you is because of the location of these bodies of water. So first, let's go back to Niagara Falls. I want to show you the map of Niagara Falls. You can see where Niagara Falls is located. Um, It's right between uh, Canada and the United States, and it's between two bodies of water, Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, And those bodies of water empty into the Atlantic Ocean. So what you have in the Niagara Falls is you have a bridge between two massive bodies of water. There's constant flow through Niagara Falls. Because there's constant flow, there's constant life. Contrast that with the Dead Sea. Let's look at the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has the Jordan River at the top there flowing into it. And then it just stops with those two bodies of water. That's it. It doesn't go anywhere else. It just stops. So it has all of this water coming into it, but it stops because it's not flowing anything out of it. And because of it, nothing can live inside of it. It's a principle that God has literally set up. If you want your life to feel more like Niagara Falls, where life is happening, where power is being generated... We're an impact that can be seen and felt and heard from miles around. If you want a life like that, you've got to be a conduit. But if you want your life to feel very dead, then you just let everything stop with you. It comes down to generosity, it's the power of overflow. And I want to look at the apostle Paul's teaching on this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have your phones, pull that up. I want to look at what he says about this because it's very powerful and it's very helpful. And, he, and, and the background on 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is Paul is taking an offering. He's taking an offering from the church at Corinth to fund his ministry. And, and, he's, and he's trying to help the Corinthian church understand the power of their generosity and what their generosity will accomplish. And he's trying to get them to line up with their mission, which is overflow. And he, and he says this in, in verse 6 of chapter 9. If you're ready, jump in, say I am. am. Here we go. Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap. Everybody say it with me. Generously, generously. that's right. And each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So let me just say, I want to pause in that. Like, that's always how we operate here at Summit Park. So we're, I mean, you need to to pray. You need to ask God. You need to feel the prompting of the Spirit. We're never going to try to manipulate you to do anything to give your money. This is not about, this is not about us getting your money. This is about God getting your heart. Man, that wasn't in my notes. I got to write that down for a second service. Okay. (laughs) All right, so, uh, and he says, Because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Man, this is so good. I can't wait to unpack this. This is so powerful. As it is written, They have freely scattered the gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. But he's basically saying, God, as you give, this is what he's saying right here, as you give to God's kingdom, God will increase the store of your seed and the harvest of your righteousness. So the actual quality of your life, he is saying, will increase. This is absolutely fantastic. And he says, you will be enriched in every way. Everybody say every way. every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is so, just so amazing. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. What a powerful little chunk of scripture. This, this passage is so literally rich with substance and encouragement about our generosity. And, and there's so much that I want to unpack today, but we only have time for three thoughts, and it's this. Number one, generosity is how God operates. Number two, generosity is how God blesses. Number three, generosity is how God's kingdom advances. Powerful stuff Stuff that, as you and I apply to our life, will result in overflow, will result in super abundance. That parazon word will result in God just doing more innocent through us than we ever thought possible. So, before we jump in, I want you to turn to three people and say, "It's time to overflow." Come on, find three people and say, "It's time, it's time to overflow. Time to overflow." All right. First thing is this generosity is how God operates it's just it's who he is the more you understand about God the more you understand that he is generous okay look at verse 8 he says and God is able to bless you abundantly verse 8 says God is able to bless you abundantly why is God able to bless you abundantly is because God is willing to bless you abundantly God's not going to do anything he doesn't want to do he's God he doesn't have to do anything But out of his nature and out of his character, he is generous. Now, this is really, this is a fundamental, important understanding to have as you approach God for anything. You need to know that God is generous because God is generous. Like his character is generosity. God didn't have to make anything. God made the world and and made everything beautiful in the world and made you so that you could experience the world for no other reason than because God is good and he's generous in his goodness. Like this is something that is so important to understand about God's nature. His character is literally generosity. He's constantly generous. He's constantly giving. He's constantly pouring out. He's constantly good to us. Everything we know in nature is a gift from God because God just wanted to. He just wanted to. You ever give something to somebody and they're like, oh, you didn't have to do that. Have you ever said that maybe yourself? Like, oh, you didn't have to do that. Or someone said, you didn't have to do that. And and I always want to be like, I know I didn't have to do that. I wanted to do that because I like you and I love you and I want to appreciate you. This is God. So he gave us what we know is natural because he's generous But then at the core of his mission, he redeemed the world because he is generous. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, come on, everybody, he gave. He loved so much that he gave. And he sent his son that whoever would believe would have eternal life. Why did God give? Because God loves. He loved first and he loves most. Loving requires giving. You can, God understands a principle. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I'll say that again as you soak on that for a second. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. It's true, right? It's like, man, you tell me you love me, but at some point... You're going to have to show me. You know, like at some point, like in a relationship, like you've got to have that. Like if you have someone who's constantly being selfish, you have someone in marriage who's constantly being selfish, but I love you, I love you, I love you. are like, I don't think that you love me. At some point, you have to give to demonstrate your love. And this is what overflow is all about. It's, it's about experiencing so much goodness that we have to share. Now, some of you are like, oh, no, you said, you said a bad word there. You said the word share. <laughs> and because when you start thinking about sharing, uh, there's, there's, a little, there's a little golem in you. You guys know golem from Lord of the Rings. You say, it's my own, my precious, whatever it is. I, I, I'll be honest with you, like if there's a spectrum, like naturally speaking, generous and selfish, I'm here. I'm more, like, naturally, I'm more selfish. And, uh, and what's really hard about being a parent, for all the parents out there, you can relate to this, is when you see aspects of your personality reflected in your kids. Right? It's really hard. And you're like, oh, we're going to have to correct that. <laughs> and so I have found the best way to correct the selfishness that I see in my kids is to apply food taxes. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think it's scriptural. It's biblical. Certainly American. <laughs> so, so we will, you know, if the food is extra good, dad's going to, you know, make sure he just tests it to make sure it's not poison is what I say. And this is especially good at Andy's. Frozen custard, when you drive through, because you have, to, you have to handle each cup as it comes through and just take a little bit of a taste. And the more that they complain, <laughs> I will burn the selfishness out. <laughs> I don't want my kids to be selfish. I, I, don't, don't you hate when you see that? You're like, oh, I don't want you to be selfish because I realize that as you're selfish, you're actually working against happiness. I don't don't want my kids to be selfish. I don't want them to be rotten, Grinch type of people. I don't want them to be little scrooges. I don't want that because I know what that's like. That's like you can live life two ways. Closed-fisted or open-handed. And the closed-fisted people, they're always Aren't they always bitter? Aren't they always more selfish? Increasingly so. And I don't want that for my kids. And God doesn't want that for us either. And so he wants us to be like him, to be in alignment with his nature and his character, and to overflow. And you can't overflow if you're all stopped up. That's a lot of applications. I can tell it's like, that's speaking to you in a number of ways. It's a law of nature. God wants, God wants us to flow. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when we're generous, we're more like God. Okay, so it's, it's, it's who He is. Number two, generosity is how God blesses. So, what Paul's talking about is saying, hey, when you do this, verse 11 says, you will be enriched in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, I, I was I was curious about this. I was like, what does that word enriched mean? So I went to find it, and the word enriched is plutudozo, and it means literally, this is what it means: it means to make rich, to cause one to be rich, to cause to have abundance. Now, this is the word of God. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, literally, God's like, hey, when you are a generous sower, God will enrich your life and in every way. So God blesses you in every way. This is Proverbs chapter 11. I love this. It, the message paraphrases this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. This is this tight-fisted, open-handed idea, Right? So the person who's generous, their world expands. Their heart expands. And their world expands. I mean, Dr. Seuss knew this, right? You know, the, once the Grinch understood, he wasn't trying to steal Christmas, but he should give Christmas, his heart grew three times larger that day. This is, this is true. This is biblical. And part of this is true is because generosity works against greed. So greed is one of like those silent killers of the spirit. Like some things you can recognize more readily. Like you can just tell when something is like working against your soul or working against your spirit. You'd be like, "Uh, (laughs) ah, that's a temptation. I know, I've seen you before. And no, 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 I'm pushing. Like it's easier to identify, right? But greed is difficult because nobody ever thinks they're being greedy. Have you ever met someone who's like, I'm just being greedy right now. Or like, I just have a confession in small group. I, I've been greedy. No one says it. But you know it's true. You, I mean, it's, it's possible. So Jesus will say in Luke, he'll say, be on your guard against greed. Because you don't realize when you're being Greedy. You know you're being greedy when you go to check out at a like at a, at a grocery store, or, um, or or anywhere now. I think like everybody's doing this, even the coffee shops are all just like, "Do you want to round up?" You know. How many of you have ever just been like, "No, I don't want to round up. I came to buy some up, and I'd like to leave." <laughs> okay, just can we have a moment of truth? How many of you have ever gotten like upset at that? Like, have you ever gotten like bothered? Uh, I am so selfish. <laughs> Cause I've, been, I've, like, there've been moments where I've been like, no, no, that's not what I'm. Mean. I'm here for coffee. I'm not gonna tip you. Here's a tip. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> anybody. Okay, I'm just northern. I'm sorry. So. What I've realized is the moments, the moments that I don't want to be generous, those are the moments I need to be generous. When I start to feel that way, I'm like, oh, tip. You know, like, because I, because I got to fight that. I got to fight that greediness in my spirit. And, and God wants to bless us. He wants to open up our heart. Verse 6 This this especially relates to the kingdom of God. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. What Paul is teaching here is, is a principle in nature called the law of the harvest. If you're taking notes, write that down. Write the law of the harvest. And I want to unpack this for you, but my pastor taught me this. And for years and years and years, he would teach us, and, and, I tr- and I tried to apply it, and I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so, I'm so glad that I've learned it and I've grown in it, because, man, it has made such an impact in my life. And I want, I want to explain it to you as well, because I think it will really, really help you. The law of the harvest. It's, it's this idea that you reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap based on how much you sow. Alright, now I'm going to unpack that. Some of you are like, I couldn't write that fast. I'm going to unpack it for you. Okay, the first thing is this. You reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6 says, a man reaps what he sows. This is just true. Like, this is true in farming. If you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. corn. If you sow wheat, you're going to reap wheat. If you sow watermelon, you're going to reap you're going to, I mean, it's what you sow, you reap. Like, Nobody has ever sown corn and got watermelon. Wouldn't that be crazy? But it's never happened. You don't have to worry about it because it's it's never happened. Paul is saying you reap what you sow. Now, he goes on in Galatians, and he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature will that nature reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, do not get up. So he's saying this, it's true in farming and it's true spiritually. So, what you sow, you'll reap. If you want friends, be... If you don't want friends, be cranky right? Cranky people don't have a lot of friends. Surprise, surprise. If you want mercy, sow mercy. If you want help, be helpful. Do you see how this works? Jesus even talks about this in Matthew chapter 6. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive, your father will not forgive you. If you sow forgiveness, you reap what? forgiveness it's the law of the harvest what paul is talking about here in this passage he's not talking about gardening he's talking about money clearly talking about money and he's using the law of the harvest to say when you sow money you reap money it's clear it's what he says so you reap what you sow second you reap after you sow So you reap after you sow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Every farmer knows you sow and then you reap. Right? There's a period of time after you sow before you reap. Sometimes it can be relatively short. Sometimes it's longer. But how many of you know you never reap before you sow? You you never get the harvest before you plant the seed. Paul says you've got to plant the seed, then you reap the harvest. All right, number three, you reap more than you sow. Again, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You reap more than you sow. If the soil is good and you have water and sun... You're going to reap more than you sow all right for example um and I'm not a farmer nor the son of a farmer any farmers out there okay anybody anybody farmer okay you guys got some experience three farmers <laughs> here some apart all right here's the deal with, with farming if you sow one kernel of corn I actually have I have some corn here guys it's a beautiful piece of corn if you sow one kernel of corn, you will produce a stalk of corn. I have to read this because I don't know this, okay? <laughs> you will produce a stalk of corn with two to three ears, depending on the soil, depending on the sun and the water, and all this, and each ear will have 600 kernels on it. Everybody say, wow. wow. That's 180% return on your investment. How many of you are going to take that, that bet anytime? You're going to do that, right? It's the law of the harvest. And so what you, you're going to reap more than you sow. Now, now you are also going to reap, this is the, the fourth, you're going to reap based on how much you sow. You and I determine the size of the harvest that we reap. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop crop. If you sow little, you reap. If you sow a lot, you reap. That's just how it works. If a farmer wants 200 bushel per acre harvest, which is a lot, he has to plant 36,000 kernels of corn per acre. His investment determines the size of his harvest. That's what what Jesus is trying to get at in Matthew chapter 6. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So he says, give, and it will be given to you. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I, I want to uh, d- illustrate this. I have a volunteer, our very own, one of our worship leaders, Jordan Hedgepath, everybody. Welcome him to the stage. Come on, give him a big hand. <laughs> Jordan, you did a great job leading worship today. Thank you so much. Um, so I, wanted to, I, got, I have a little, a little cup of seed here, all right? And so here's, here's, here's the way that the law of the harvest works. All of us have been given some seed. All of us have given some seed. So Jordan, can you stick your hand out? I'm going to give you a seed there. I'm going to give you three seeds. I'm going to give you a few more. You know, you did a good job leading worship, so I'm going to give you a few more today. Um, you got some good shoes. I'm going to give you a few more. Okay, now. Now, so, so this, is, this is what Jordan has been given this is what he's been given. God gives all of us some seed. Some of us get more seed than others. I mean some 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 of us some of us have a, a larger capacity than others. But we all get some seed. Now here's now Jordan has an opportunity to do something with his seed. Either he can keep his seed or he can sow his seed. Now, if you can close up your hand there. Okay, so right now, Jordan is in a very close-handed approach. He's not being very generous. And because he's not being generous, what happens? When God goes to want to give him more, what happens? I'm I'm playing the role of God. You're playing the role of Jordan. (laughs) God wants to give Jordan more, and what happens? It's just falling by the waist. I can't even get in there. You're so tight-fisted. But if Jordan would open up, he he could get more seed. God would give him more seeds. So open your hand up, but you can't, you can only have so much in one hand. So what do you have to do? You have to sow this. Go ahead. So, sow some great farming, (laughs) great farming. (laughs) So, so in order to receive more, he has to release what he has. Go ahead. Good (laughs) sower. Yep. There you go. And then keep going and then keep you got to empty it okay so the idea it's gonna be a little bit more active than that you know what i'm saying like it's receive release receive release receive release as you receive then you release and god pours in more that's what's happening so god's pouring. Right, there you go and then okay no is god out no he's not god's always got some more this is the, you might need two hands for this, okay, receive, release, receive, release, receive, release, receive, release. You think, you think God's done? You think God's done? Bring it out! <laughs> All right, Jordan, are you ready for some more? Are you ready to overflow? There we go, come on, receive, release, Jordan, receive, release, Jordan. Okay. All right, that's good. I, we're going to have a lot of, to clean up here. So <laughs> give Jordan a big hand, everybody. <laughs> huh. It's an amazing idea. When, when I learned this, I was like, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. All, all I am, all I am is a conduit. God gives so that I can, that I can spread it around. You, I, God gives me so I can I can sow it I can sow it I, I want to live in overflow and here's the thing that's actually not the best part about all of this the best part is what happens and it's that generosity is how God advances his kingdom it's how God's kingdom advances getting more isn't the goal the goal is that i can i can have more so that i can give more that i can bless more that i can that i that i can actually make more of a difference this is what is so powerful about the church this is so this is what is so powerful about what happens here every single week look at this verse 11 and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to god He's saying that as you give, there are going to be other people who find God and bless God and thank God because of your generosity. And can we be honest? The reason you have found God was because of somebody else's generosity. Amen? Like the reason you heard the gospel... Was it because God just like revealed it to you on your own, like in some mystic island? And he, No, he used the word of God that was translated by people who gave themselves. And you heard the word of God in church where people came together and gave. And, and that's, why I love, that's why I love church. It's unlike any place on the planet. I think, I think Arrowhead is one of the, it's got to be one of the funnest places to go. It's so much fun, but when you walk into that place, you can tell the people are paid to be there, right? When you walk into Summit Park, these volunteers, giving, sharing, there is a vast difference. You volunteers serving on the platform, volunteers serving in production, volunteers serving in the kids area, loving kids. Why? Because they've been changed, and then they change. There is nothing like the church. And it results in overflowing thanks and worship to God. And the impact is massive. And that's why I want you to know this. Again, this is, not a, uh, this is not a guilt trip. This is not trying to manipulate. This is just saying this is, this is what it is. And when you partner with God through the local church, the generosity of the, of, of the local church, God uses your giving to change people's lives. Quick test of what I want to share Jesse wrote this, said, Growing up I did not get much out of going to church, but going to Summit Park has opened my eyes and shown me there's so much more out there for me. I don't want to miss a service because it starts my week on a positive note. It makes me want to open my Bible during the week to know more. I can't wait to see what God has in store for me. Come on, can we thank the Lord that that's what's happening at our church? That's what's happening at our church this is the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God that grows. Now think about this. Think about this. That that the kingdom, that the kingdom of God really began to flourish was the kingdom of Rome. Right? The Empire of Rome. How many of you know Rome is dead and, and gone? I mean, Italy's still there, and it's good, but like, I mean, let's be honest. It's not the Roman Empire that it was. You think, about, you think about the kingdom of God. Today, what, two billion strong today? It's not, that's not considering like everybody across the course of history. One man's life planted in the ground that resurrected, spread and has brought life to God. Millions and literally billions of people. It's it's the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest, and it's what God gives us the opportunity to partner with. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and as as they do, you have a card on your seat, and here's what I want you to do today. I want I want you to take that card out, and even if even if you don't want to participate, just I want you to look at that card just for a second. And I want us to think about the possibility that God, that what God can do through our generosity. And maybe, some, maybe we're all on a journey. In, in some part, what we're all about is taking steps. That's what we're all about. We're all about helping people take steps. I want to help you take steps in prayer. I want you to help take steps in reading your Bible. I want you to help take steps in worship, in service, involvement, and in generosity. And I'd like for you to, to think and pray about, and maybe you're ready today. You say, man, I know what step I need to take. Or maybe you need to take that card home and pray about it. Come back next week and say, okay, I need to, I need to think about this. What step I need to take? I want, I want to encourage you to take a step. Some of you, you're not giving at all, so you haven't seen the law of the harvest work in your life. Would you take a step. Just start giving something. Start giving something. Some of you have already started giving something. Maybe you'll step up to start tithing. Some of you are tithing, but maybe you want to go above and beyond. You want to partner with Kingdom Builders or, or our Forward Campaign. We're going to be talking more about that, and it's, it's absolutely amazing and it's, it's powerful, and we think about the difference that we can make in our generosity. It's absolutely massive. I want to encourage you to be praying about that. And some of you, you say, you're here today, and you're like, man, I know, I know what I'm going to do. Uh, we have a QR code we're going to throw up on the screen. It's awesome to see back in front of you. If you want to scan that, you can go to our uh, overflow commitment card page so you don't have to i'm allergic to pens myself i don't do well with them uh my writing is horrible but if you want to just go to digital you can go right there and you can you can begin taking a step i want i want to encourage you to be praying about what god would have you do what would god have you do and if you have your card you want to hand it to someone we'll have hosts at the back as you leave today that will take your card but for, uh, for us, church, can we stand across this place? I want us to take a moment and in the presence of God, just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because I don't want to miss out on one thing that you have for me. If any of this is true, if any of this kingdom stuff is true, then I want to be all in and I want all that you have for me. Amen, church? Amen, let's, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your, for your words, powerful. It's life-changing, it's impactful. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us to pray about the step that we will take in partnering with you to change people's lives for the glory of God. Father, thank you for this teaching. Thank you for this word that you've given us. That we can can put into practice and see fruit come from our lives. Fruit come from our generosity. And Father, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a few moments. Let's worship Jesus. respond to your faith. As you step out and trust Him, um, He's going to answer. So as soon as I dismiss, I want to encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you and believe God's going to do a work in your heart and life. Also, I want to remind you that you filled out that card. I want to encourage you to, uh, on your way out, hand it to one of the hosts. They've got it there, buckets that you can just drop it off there, and um, they'll be able to take that for you. But we're so glad that you came out to Summit Park today. One last thing, service might be over, but church is not. You are the church. You're the light of the world, so go be the light of the world this week. Invite somebody for next week. It's going to be awesome. Thanks again for coming out to Summit Park. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you later. God bless.
1: Whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, I'll sing your name, I'll sing your name forever, Jesus. You have my heart forever, Jesus. If I'm in the fire, you're there too. If I'm in the fire, you're there too. I lay down my life, I lay down my life.